if there isn't a debate, then your reason for saying to someone that something is wrong is, well, because I said so. Yeah. Either you accept things on authority and you expect other people to expect them on the basis of authority, or you are able to offer them an argument, some reasons why they should believe it. And that's what I'd like this to be about. And yeah. saying there is a debate about everything. And you only have to look at old Quasi Quateng and his, um, his mini budget. You could either think everything was better and the world was normal and then this man did something monumentally stupid. I don't think that's the case. You might think, and it might be that he did some unwise thing, but it was within the context of unsolved problems that went all the way back to the end of 2007. So nothing's changed since 2008, the fallout. The things which weren't working in that financial machine still aren't working. They've poured a lot of lubricant in to make it work, but I don't think they've fixed the underlying logic. I think what I would like to aim for is suggesting to people better questions. Because I think if you just think you've got an answer and you shout it out, well, A, it's annoying, <laughs> and B, I'm not sure anyone believes you. If you can ask someone a more difficult question, a better question. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you have some knowledge about these things that you're asking the questions for to understand what the question should be. And I think that's where I fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. My name is David Malone. And I'm Ian Stroud. Welcome to Hyperland. Hello, David. Oh, Ian. Um, as I said, my name's David Malone. Some of you will know who I am, uh, that I used to write the Golem XIV blog, which I let slide. I sort of stopped writing much in about 2000, oh, I don't know when it was, about 15, which I feel bad about, really. Because you should. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Um, no, I do. I do generally feel feel bad about it because the lovely thing about that um, that blog was the community of people that gathered around it, yeah. and they were they were a lovely community of people who contributed. In the end, they were contributing more ideas and insights than I was. So I felt bad about letting them down, but I did so just because, on a personal level, I just ran out of. Um, emotional energy for all kinds of complicated reasons and also we were I was, began to feel that the things I was complaining about the things I was writing about when it came to finance particularly and politics is I felt the same idiots were making the same idiotic mistakes <laughs> over and over and over again and I started to feel like all I'm doing is is, is saying the same things are wrong in the same way. And I thought, no one's learning anything. It's boring for me to write and boring for people to read. Um, and so I, I just sort of thought, this is, this is pointless. But I do now genuinely feel that, A, the financial shenanigans are kicking off again. They're back. In a way they were always going to. And that I do feel we have genuinely moved on in quite significant ways to a different political world. Yeah. Um, and so, well, I chatted to Ian, I met Ian about it, Hello. and he, he said, <laughs> I think we should do a podcast. And I said, what the hell you is a podcast? For this. I am very definitely blaming you for this. I never thought about a podcast. I, I absolutely remember it the other way around. <laughs> well, this is a good start. 
Well, go on. You tell them why you're you're doing this because you're in it as least as much as me. I, I am, and um, just to pick up on what you were saying about the blog, I kind of saw you as the gardener at the at the the blog. You planted the seed, and as you said, it was the community and you that then together shaped and grew ideas. And I I didn't come to it until we worked together twenty seventeen. 16 or 17, 16, I can't yeah. remember which now. That's when I first came to it. So it was totally refreshing. Um, I hadn't come across anything like it before, and I loved it. And I don't think you should stop it. I, I just think maybe it will be a nice place to even comment on things that you talk about in the podcast. So whether people continue that communication or we've set up a, a Facebook page, uh, the Golem XIV podcast. So hopefully that will be another place for perhaps a wider audience to to check in and just take the ideas question them and and see where they go really so i mean that's 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 what you know i'm delighted to be here mate i'm also shitting myself <laughs> well for me i'm just until we've done a few i'm not sh- I, I don't know whether the kind of thing we were doing in the blog translates into the spoken format because the thing about a blog is it's mm-hmm. it's it's well the written format you know you you make an argument it's quite quite tight whereas you can't just sit and read out a a tightly written blog it's more discursive which is the nice part yeah one thing i I see about the podcast is it being spontaneous and it's not written down Hmm. um you don't know where it's to go but i've got a confession to make okay (laughs) i was so worried about this first podcast in explaining what we're doing and who we are that I've I've written some notes down. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off cheating, I haven't. I know, but I'm, I, I promise I'm not. I'm not going to do it for any of the other ones. It's it's just. I think I was over overthinking. I just find the way my head works. I'll start talking about one thing, and hey, <laughs> next minute I'm at somewhere else. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was trying to think about what we actually achieved at the blog. So I went read back and read a few of them. And it changed. It genuinely yeah. did. But there were two parts to it, I think. Um, I mean, I'm hoping some people will write in comments and tell us what they think the blog was about. But some sometimes it was just delivering new information. Yeah. So, or at least new to me. You know, I would read around and go, okay, so so that's what a, a credit default swap is. And then, and yeah. oh, and these are the banks who are using the most. And and so, I felt like, oh the blogs were actually delivering solid information. But then certainly as it went on, it also started to evolve to become more theoretical and political. And what I began to feel was that I at least was sketching out for myself a different view of the way the world looked than the view which was being presented to me by the BBC or the Guardian or the Tory Graph or the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And th- th- but that second thing, much as I think it's really important, is, is a bit more nebulous. And, and then you step back from it and you think, okay, well, yeah, but is your way of viewing things worth, worth taking people's time up with? Yeah. It's no good nodding. You've got to say something over there as well. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of I, like... Ian's, Ian's got stage fright. <laughs> See, he's used to just sitting behind the banks of machinery and uh, and just making it all work. 
So now that he's got a microphone in front of me, he's... he's, he's it's like, oh, God, I've got to say something. Well, <laughs> tell us what your view of that is. Well, no, I mean, I, I've, I've been an editor for 35 years and I've worked on factual entertainment programmes, which have basically been history, geography, science. But I've also done a lot of observational documentaries, which has been following people around, whether it's uh, people that have cancer, it's prison officers, comedians, farmers... Um, young offenders, a, a complete mix of, of stuff. And I, I love the job of editing, but I've always felt um, I need to understand the message that I'm telling. I need to connect with the people that the observational documentary are following. And if I don't do that, then I've kind of failed. So it's an important part mm. of editing is to do the understanding. And I think from sitting in the edit, you learn to look at multiple perspectives. And that's what I liked from from your writing in the blog. Hmm. Well, I mean, I would not ever have done a podcast on my own. <laughs> and, uh, people have suggested over the years, because apparently podcasts were a thing. But the reason I thought, all right, I'll do it with Ian, is, is because of the experience of editing. Um, it's something we both know a lot about. And... From my point of view, I can't imagine sitting with all of the rushes that I had gone out and shot <laughs> and, and being able to edit it myself. I, I mean, there are people who do that. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've got friends and colleagues who are brilliant filmmakers and somehow they can do the whole thing. I can't do that. Yeah. I, it, the, the stuff comes alive for me when you've got an editor that you trust and get along with sitting next to you who's looking at it in a slightly different way. And it's, and it's in that exchange yeah. that, for me, even though I went out and shot the stuff and I asked the questions and I set up the shots, somehow it comes alive when it's in that exchange between you and me. And so that's why I thought, all right, maybe this will work. But, I mean, if you, if you bug it off tomorrow, then that would be the end of the podcast because there's no – I don't <laughs> think it would work with just me sitting here in my little – my little room going, hello, David Malone, about to but tell I, you where the, where the think, world is. No, it's not going to work. I know, but I think there, there, there's another thing that we had in television, and it was called, rather rudely, it, it was sort of dumbing down. Oh, my God, yes. No, but it's... It's 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 not rude, it's just a tragedy. Well, no, it, there's, there's two sides of it. Yes, there's one side of it that things get dumbed down. And I think behind that really is to appeal to the widest possible audience mm, oh, and therefore to get the most ratings. But I think there is a, a, a better understanding of that, that if you start the journey, if you start the, the narrative, you're, you've got to at some point assume some kind of knowledge. Now, if you assume a knowledge that is right down at the bottom, then you're going to come across as patronizing um but then if you come in too high then there is a danger of um alienating people all right so there is a there's a sweet spot but in terms of the the blog a lot of it without the sort of commentary i I might not understand bits but with the people feeding more information in you go off and there was one guy that i came across um mark blythe who was Mm -hmm. dundee born I forget his exact t- title, but I think he's at Brown University. It's fascinating. And, and you know, you s- I sit there for hours just, yeah, this is great, this is great. And I think that's it. It's the journey that you go on and you don't know where you're going to end up anyway. Mm. For me, 
this the, the podcast will work if we manage to do a bit of both that yeah um i i would ha- i would my worry is that it would just devolve down into two blokes chatting about stuff but without delivering anything solid but at the same time you can't just sit here and read out a long list of facts that you have prepared it's got to be something more yeah than that. and it's also and i mean and this is just a sort of a, a truism that people are talking about a lot the other thing is we are in this period it seems to me where it's not that people can't talk to each other yeah but it does seem like people have pulled themselves into little silos and when i read something like the guardian which yeah. uh, being left wing I, I would generally over the years have read the guardian as opposed to um the times uh, others <laughs> but but i now read the guardian through gritted teeth because it seems so self yeah. um self-congratulatory yeah. you know it's got that little blurb after all the articles saying you know in this time of misinformation and disinformation we need more than ever to have a something where it's just telling you the truth and i read the guardian and go mate this isn't just the truth yeah i mean that that i parted company completely with the guardian it was already tenuous yeah. but with their coverage of covid i thought it was despicable yeah and, and i choose the word carefully i thought it was genuinely despicable i'm not sure i mean it's, it's i read a lot of that and i thought they're lying and yeah. then i thought do they do they think they're lying or do they think that yeah, there's parts of the truth that they're just never mentioning, but those parts of the truth would lead us all astray. So it's best not to mention them in front yeah. of the children. <laughs> so they genuinely think it's important everyone see the world in the way that we're presenting the world to them. And if that means we've got to carefully not tell them certain things, yeah. then that's all for the greater good. And I think it's that. I think people, I, are, people are defending views of the world which they think well, it's for the greater good that I'm not yeah. telling people things. And yeah. I really, really find that very worrisome because you end up with people, groups of people, each group is convinced that the way they see the world is is the only way that's going to protect us all. But then I might throw that back in you and sort of say, well, David, what you're saying is... Yes. It's your belief, it's your yeah. opinion. Yeah, and, and you're right, of course, but I think... so at least you've then got to say that up front <laughs> and and say look this isn't the truth this is the way i see the world and but here's why i see it this way but i'm it's just a way of seeing it yeah i lost my parents um over the last five years my mum to cancer my dad had dementia and then died of covid and coming out of that i mean i went to a pretty dark place and it was lonely and and very numb and i think over the past maybe 12 months as you're coming out, you do feel as if you've been away. Mm-hmm. And as I'm coming sort of back, I'm looking around and I, I am, I'm, where am I? <laughs> I, I, I know that feeling. I had that feeling from a few years before I, yeah. when, for all kinds of reasons, I, I completely withdrew from, from well, virtually everything. And, I had the, and it's, I've never thought about that way, but you're right. You do have that feeling of you emerging into a place that... Yeah. You think oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really recognise this place anymore. But is that also just because you're getting older? Because well, I'm, I'm older than you are, but there's something. Uh, I've, my fifties were, were were difficult for yeah. all kinds of reasons, and now I'm sixty, and I think uh, maybe it's just that. Maybe I'm just turning into Victor Meldrew, 
Well, I, I do see myself as a, a cross between Victor Meldew and Jack D. Um, <laughs> but the other thing, and, and a bit like you, I, I don't know precisely whether it was coming out of grieving and that numbness, or whether it was the loss of your parents. Uh, for me, certainly, you know, I looked up to them and things. You're looking for some kind of direction, and you look at a lot of the news um, outlets, they don't seem to be leading. They seem to be following um, and catching up a lot of the time. And I, I can say the same, you, you've touched on it, with journalists. I don't know whether they're there to entertain, a bit of tittle-tattle, is it news? I'm, I'm really at a loss. Hmm. Oh, it's, it's interesting you're talking about missing your parents and looking up to them. Funnily enough, um, I still write to my mum. Wow. I write letters to her when I need to. Yeah. And it really worked. So I thought to myself, when she was alive, I would write a letter. So you put your thoughts down, you write yeah. a letter, you put it in the envelope, you go, hmm, hmm, stick a stamp on and off it goes into the post yeah. box. Yeah. And you don't hear anything back. <laughs> and I thought, well, what's the difference? Yeah. And and I found writing to, and so I do. And, oh, and that's, it's, that's, it's really, that's, that's uh, really I've got good. a whole stack of letters when I need to, I say, dear mum. Yeah, <laughs> I tell her what's going on, <laughs> which is funny for a sixty-year-old man, but but it's work. It works. I think what I miss and what I would like back, and I'm hoping other people would like back, is the feeling that that feeling of being somehow on the outside of the mainstream yeah. is bearable if you feel there are other people outside with you. That you you form a little zamazdat community of people who don't all have to agree in fact it's quite nice when you don't because you think we're not just sort of a, a wandering little tribe of clones who all go yes we can all we can all think for ourselves like in the life of brian it's much nicer to think there's a group of of, of grown-ups out there who can think separately and independently but enjoy getting together and knowing that they don't agree on things yeah and, and that feels like home to me you go back to how we met uh, why are we here? That you did with Art Louis and David Strachan. David Strachan, who I have to say, one of the very few really lovely people in broadcasting. It, it is, is a short it, list, it, but it. he's on it. <laughs> but that was definitely one of the most difficult projects that I worked with because, you know, I, I'm not a scientist. So you're thrown into Roger Penrose talking about the invention of imaginary numbers. <laughs> It's not Roger some... the Dodger. I love Roger. <laughs> and then Greg Chayton, he was talking about randomness and creativity. Yeah. I mean, they're just all beautiful things. And um, Sinetra Gupta. Mm -hmm. I hope, talks... we hope we're going to have Sinetra on. She, she oh. crops up in, um, in Bird Flu. She's, she's, she's oh, doing right, work okay. on a universe. Well, I hope to... She was a biologist. She's a biologist up at Oxford. And we, we interviewed her always in program four. But she will come up when we do the bird flu um, yeah well she, she talked about science having a narrative she does yes and then when she was talking about the sublime yeah. it's it's where angels fear to tread yeah i mean yeah. it's just beautiful but that for me it was a little playground in my mind it, it's that discovery that i liked and that's what hopefully i get from you well <laughs> hopefully people who contribute yeah should we should we talk a bit about What's some of what we up? hope to do yeah yeah well as i said we will do one on bird flu um yeah. and the reason for that is just that it's 
come up in a lot of research that I've been doing recently. I was updating a lot of um, research for COVID. Because you did a documentary for Channel 4 a couple of years ago. Channel 4, yeah, on the origin of COVID, a film which uh, didn't make us any friends. <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't get many Christmas cards and now I'm getting fewer. Yeah. Um, but despite the fact that everyone, their auntie, um, said they were going to sue us. Yeah, nobody actually. Nobody did yeah. for the simple reason that every single thing we said in there, we had three independent confirmations of because yeah. the Channel 4 lawyer crawled all over us. If, if you put a comma in, he said, oh, can you prove that comma should be there? <laughs> oh, that's the most painful experience. But it meant that despite the fact that everyone hates what we had to say, yeah, none of it is false. So you'll be updating. We'll do will one on the that. updating COVID and where we are now. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and, and I, I'm hoping I can say some of the things which got left out of that film yeah. because I felt annoyed about how but much it, got left out. But even since that, since you made it, the scientists or some scientists are still coming out with things that aren't necessarily. They're still playing the same trick. Of yeah, they've got some tentative evidence, and on one side of the argument the smallest piece of tentative evidence they go oh so we found the answer yeah what yeah. we said that it's natural origin yeah now it's proved and it's you know not what? been proved over and over and again it's not been proved do you know what what that leads me straight to banks Bank. <laughs> <laughs> well yes there's another group of people who've always got the world sorted until yeah. it isn't yeah well that 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 is the other reason that's that we it both thought, let's yeah let's get back to this because nothing's been fixed since 2007 8 really hasn't been and so it's we'll, been we'll have a, a chat with time. that, and, and yeah, yeah, and and hopefully, I know you've got a friend, Jonathan, who Jonathan Sugarman, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can get to talk to him. I'd love really. to get him on. Um, people from the blog will know who he is. If anyone listening who doesn't, he was arguably one of the most important whistleblowers in the uh, the financial crash of two thousand seven eight onwards, um, and what how the, the the authorities have tried to bury him and the story yeah and the nature of the story they're trying to bury does point right at the heart of the problem yeah um and, and jonathan has never knuckled under mm -hmm. it's cost him a lot but he's never knuckled under um and another interesting topic is ai and that seems to with chat yeah. gpt and well I, I got interested in that when uh colleague of mine called Leanne Pooley is a very talented filmmaker in New Zealand. Uh -huh. She phoned me up, all apologetic. She said, oh, David, I'm, I don't know, I'm really sorry. She was apologising before yeah. she'd even told me what it was. She said, um, you know, I'm going to make this film about AI, but it's all talking to these AI specialists and, you know, I'm more of a people director. Yeah. And she is. said, I don't really want to do it. Would you mind doing oh, all the interviews? Yeah. And I remember saying to her, no, wait a minute, hang on, Leanne. Let me just get this straight. <laughs> you want to pay me more money than television normally pays me, and I'm going to get to talk to a whole lot of interesting people, and then you're the one who has to make it make sense make in the cutting room. <laughs> Which bit of this do you think I wasn't going to like? <laughs> she was all apologetic. Would you mind? Would I mind? I'd love to. It sounds uh -huh. great. So she did. Um, we I interviewed about, I don't know, between 30 and 40 people. Yeah. Often not the top people, not, not the person who founded google because they they won't talk to you yes no, the of people one rung below them and more importantly the sort of the very knowledgeable scientists in the field yeah and it was really really interesting and 
left me with more questions to ask than we'd answered in the film. So, yeah, there's a lot more I'd like to say about that. Um, and um, in the future, we're going to see you the less well-educated Malone in the family? <laughs> well, actually, it's the other way around. Um, I'm at that age now where, you know, I used to be the cleverest person in the family. Come on, kids, let me tell you about this. It was like when we used to go on holiday. I'd be at the front carrying the big pack going, come on, kids, you'll enjoy it. Look now, over there. Yes. Now I'm at the, the back going, kids, slow down. I think I, I might be having a coronary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're all in their 20s now, and they're all starting PhDs, and the eldest is a couple of years in. So very soon, apart from the dog, I'm going to be the worst educated person in the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> so but, he's doing a PhD at UCL, um, and is very he's involved in the chemistry of the hydrogen economy. Yeah. And um, I was chatting to him recently, and he's involved in quite re in really interesting discussions that are happening between high-level civil servants, leaders of industry, and top researchers. And because it's such a small field, yeah. even though he's only two years into a PhD, he's... He's in there. He's in there saying, yeah. yeah, come along. And he's so he was just saying that the discussions they're having are already beginning to sketch out what our national energy policy is going to have to be given the underlying science. So I thought it'd be great to hear about it. It would be great, yeah. And um, parallel to all of this, you're also still writing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you hadn't brought that up, really. Um, yes. Um, I started writing a book called RGB. Um, that's its working title anyway. No, I just I, I think people would just like to know, uh, especially the people that have come from your, your blog, uh, where you go and what, what to be expected in the well, future. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd very much like to finish it. I've written a third. Yeah. Um, and then... That um, took about a week. <laughs> and then, as you do, you run out of money and you think... <laughs> Okay, I better do something else. So, you know, you go off and you make a COVID film or something. Yeah. Um, because no, nobody pays you to write books anymore. And although I really want to do it and it's, I'm very excited by the ideas and it. it's a science yeah. book. And I'll talk a little bit about that. N not a whole, whole lot. Cause no, I, I, it's, I, it's a flavor. It's, it's yeah. you know, I, I, th I think people are just interested to sort of, um, I mean, I certainly am. I'm kind of like the inside of uh, Mr. Malone's head. <laughs> <laughs> but we, it's we, a weird and wonderful place. But. but we'll talk about democracy and globalization. Too. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, it will be a lot of finance, some politics and um, quite a lot of science. Good. The main thing I hope, apart from people actually listening and getting something out of it, is if people would like to comment and offer their own thoughts. The one and only rule I ever had um, was that people should be polite. Because there's plenty of places on the internet where you can yell and shout and call each other names. And the blog and the podcast, they're, they're not those places allowed so, um, so it'd be lovely if, if people comment then we will pick up on those comments and in a, in a podcast we'll actually address them and discuss the points that other people raise it would be great that's lovely thank you David cheers Ian see you on the next one All right.